everyone, I'm Taylor from taylorpingman.com. Motherhood is hard, and it's even harder when we try and do it alone. This podcast is about building community through our personal stories and shared experiences. I hope that through these episodes, you find peace of mind, inspiration, and learn something new. Welcome to another episode of the Motherhood Project podcast. I'm Taylor. How are you doing today, Mama? Huh. You know, I knew I was going to ask that question because um, it's kind of what I ask every time at the beginning. How are you doing? And I genuinely mean that, by the way. I don't mean that as a rhetorical thing. Um, I feel like when somebody truly asks me, how are you doing today? Especially another mama. It's like we have this like connection, like we know what we've been through. <laughs> and so we're genuinely asking, hey, how are you doing right now? It just feels a little different than even if like my husband or a friend, a friend without a child checks in with me and says, hey, how are you doing today? No. Mamas, we get it. We know. We've been through the trenches together. So when we ask, how are you doing? I'm seriously asking, how are you doing? And uh, I knew I was going to ask that. And I knew that I was then going to think about myself. How am I doing right now? Um... I'm exhausted right now, if I'm being honest. I'm exhausted. And for no other reason than just the relentlessness of motherhood. (laughs) Um, I think today, you know, lately I've been trying to do this thing where I'm waking up before Blue wakes up. Um, Well, I always wake up before Blue wakes up so I can have some time for myself and to do some work and... I do my gratitude journaling exercise every morning, but also I wanted to get back into just moving my body a little bit. One of my life's intentions this year is um, to be more physically fit and healthy. Originally, I had like big plans. I had like, you know, all the things I wanted to do, running and hiking and the Peloton and yoga. And um, I realized like all that I really want to do is just consistently move my body and not like moving my body chasing after blue or you know cleaning the house like moving my body for the intention of doing something good for my body to feel healthy to feel strong um even just in that moment lately i've been the last the last week so i'm on week 2 so i don't want to get ahead of myself here but when i changed that perspective of just like My goal is to move my body so I feel healthy and strong. It took the pressure off of exercise, for one. Yeah, what it helped me become more aware of was that the things that I was doing to move my body and exercise was coming from a place of more um, desperation or self-loathing in a way. Um, you know, like this feeling of like my body isn't good enough and wanting to, to prove something to myself rather than a place of self-love and excitement about the ability to move my body and to feel healthy and strong doing it. Hi there. Thanks for listening in. Starting in January 2021, I'll be leading a weekly mama's meditation group every Wednesday night. I don't know about you, but when I give myself some time each week to reset and slow down a bit, I feel so much happier and present in my day to day. 
And it's so hard to stay consistent in that by yourself. So this group is the perfect place to do just that. And all you have to do is show up. Also, this group will be donation-based, so pay what you can, and 10% of each month's donations will go towards organizations that work to directly support mothers, families, and birth workers from underserved communities. To learn more about this group, you can visit my website at taylorpingman.com community, and I will also link this in the show notes down below. Thanks again for tuning in. Let's get back to this week's episode. So yeah, ever since I shifted that perspective, it took some of the pressure off. And my goal then was to get on the bike on my Peloton for 15 minutes every day. You know, in the past, I would I would try to do like these 30 minute Olivia Amato rides, which if anyone rides like, you know, those are some pretty badass rides. And I would just be exhausted. I'd be exhausted. and I've ha- I'd have a headache like for the rest of the day, either because I was probably dehydrated or just you know exhausted and um it doesn't leave you a lot of energy to then chase after a toddler (laughs) so it was like not sustainable and then of course you know I burn myself out and then I I don't ride again for another couple weeks so my goal last week was to ride 15 minutes every day and I'm also changing it up by making it more fun right taking some of the pressure off um I'm riding with Cody and uh, <laughs> he makes me laugh every single time I'm on the bike, you know, when he tells me to like fix my wig or what else does he say? God, he says so many inappropriate things. And it's like exactly what I need at 5 a.m. <laughs> you know, when I'm waking up at 5 a.m. and I'm, I'm literally riding the bike in the dark, the sun isn't even up yet. The only light is the screen, the bright screen of the Peloton shining back at me, you know. I want to have some fucking fun. And I always have fun when I'm with Cody. So um, I also love that in 15 minutes, I can break up a sweat. And that's that that feeling of like, having sweat on my chest, sweat on my arms, like needing to like, wipe the sweat from my face. Like, that's what I'm going for there. That's when I feel strong. Like, oh, I worked my body a little bit, you know, did something for me a little bit. Um, so anyways, um, long story short, the, the reason why I, I talk about that is um, I'm trying the new that thing again, the 15 minutes every day this week as well. And I uh, actually forgot yesterday. Um, so today I did. And that might, that might be why I'm feeling a little more exhausted. Like I just feel like physically exhausted. Like, yeah, like my muscles are so heavy. So that's, that's probably part of it, but yeah, I don't really have a very high baseline of energy anyways, you know, watching blue most days. So yeah, I'm trying to be gentle to myself right now. I'm, I'm sitting in the, in my bed right now. This is like my favorite place to record, by the way. Um, hint to anyone who's starting a podcast and wondering how to get really great audio, um, try to surround yourself by as much soft surfaces as possible and so I've been finding that like laying in my bed while I record this not only is relaxing for me but um I think also helps with that (laughs) so yeah I'm laying in bed and I've got the sun shining like directly on me and it's just warming me up and it feels really nice so I don't know maybe I'll take a nap after this if Blue's still sleeping 
so yeah that's what feels alive for me right now I am exhausted I'm exhausted um but things like this uh like this podcast and sitting and recording and um pretending like I'm talking to you face to face in a coffee shop you know it um it gives me energy this brings me a lot of joy to do this I had this this question pop up in my head because it was like this annoyance has been getting at me this week. It's not always there. It's there when I haven't gone grocery shopping in a while. Um, this annoyance of like how often, like how quickly we run out of food in the house. Like we are a family of three, but it, like I might as well have an NFL linebacker in my house, you know, because, or dressed in diapers, because that's essentially what blue is. Like somehow she eats all of our food and it's just gone. And then like days like today, which have been a little difficult, I can tell she's hungry and I'm looking around my kitchen, like where did all the blueberries go? Didn't I just make some pasta that she could chew on? I could have sworn there were like two more avocados here. Uh, I guess you're going to have your third cheese stick for today. (laughs) You know, it's like, oh my God, it's the most annoying thing about motherhood for me right now. And I'm actually really curious when I, when this episode goes live, I'm going to, I'm going to ask on social media if you guys can share, um, what is the most annoying thing about motherhood for you right now? Um, cause I would love to know, (laughs) I would love to know, um, Uh, yeah food for me not only like how quickly you run out of it but also like I would love some more ideas for um toddler snacks like some I mean these things just take so they just take time to research and this isn't one of those things that I'm like needing to like soul search about my motherhood you know perspective and how I want to like move forward in this no it's like hey anyone out there got some really great toddler snacks let me know because I'm all about that right now. How can I make my life easier and just give her some snacks that I know she'll find interesting and love. And like the other week, um, somebody, I'm, I'm learning to get creative in the kitchen and I tend to find like one ingredient and I'm like, oh, I could do this with that. Um, and I found some like celery that's been in there for a while. I don't, it was definitely still good, but I was like, I don't even know why we bought this. And I was reminded of like, what are those like ants, ants on a log thing? Uh, we don't have raisins, but we had peanut butter. And I'm like, well, we can try this. That thing <sighs> kept her busy for like easily 25 minutes. Yeah. I mean, she licked out all the peanut butter very quickly, but then she was having a blast just like peeling strand by strand the entire stick of celery. So that was a win. If anyone's got things like that, that would be great. Let me know. But yeah, the most annoying thing about motherhood right now, food, for sure. It's just, uh, uh, just keeps going and going and going and going. So that's my rant on that. Um, let's see what else. Oh, I had this, another question come, come to mind. (laughs) Um, when Steven and I talk about having another kid, we, we always jokingly say when we adopt another kid, because the idea of, um, me getting pregnant again, being pregnant again, birthing a child again, um, 
it just does not appeal to me <laughs> like that whole process um and I hope I'm not offending anybody by saying like jokingly say that we're going to adopt it's just my way of being like I, I let's not even talk about the possibility of like pregnancy and birth right now um and sometimes we we have those conversations where we're like okay so if we were to adopt uh or when we adopt another kid someday um how would we fit them in the room with blue like blue's room right now which is kind of small but there's definitely more room for another bed um and so we like talk about little configurations like that and this past weekend Stephen brought something up like that and was saying hey so when we you know adopt another kid and it was like this, I had this like visceral reaction, like this like really strong reaction to it this time. And I was like, I, I can't even, I don't even want to go there with you. I don't even want to play this game of hypotheticals with you. Like that time was so hard. It ha- like those early months with Blue were so hard and it hasn't gotten really, e- I mean, it's got, no, <laughs> it really gotten easier ever since it's been like COVID times and um so I was curious like has this pandemic had you have you changed like has it caused you to change your mind at all about having more kids um or maybe not if like changing your mind about kids does it have you like thinking like we're gonna slow down a little bit maybe give us a little bit more time before the next one um, because personally, I feel like there's like still a lot more healing that has to happen. I hope that doesn't sound like woo woo, but I feel like there needs to be more healing, not only for Steven and I, um, I don't know, but like then part of me feels like I remember thinking about planning for blue and never feeling just becoming really aware that there was never going to feel like a good time for me at least. There just never felt like the right time. Like there was always like something in the way of me wanting to fully embrace pregnancy and and birth and having my daughter. I wanted a daughter, but I didn't want to go through that process. And so part of me is like, I don't know if that would ever go away for me, you know, like I would love to be able to give Blue a sibling, um, but I really don't want to get pregnant again. I know there's other options, but yeah. Anyways, so I'm curious, like, has it caused you to rethink that? (laughs) I'm curious to see if, like, do you think the pandemic is going to have, like, is it going to be like how, um, I think like the, the one month, the month where there's like always a ton of babies is like October, I think, because it's September or October, you know, nine months after the new year where there's like holidays, winter, New Year's, like, I think that's, yeah, September and October are usually the busiest months in hospitals. And um, it just made me think like, is there like, is there going to be a big boom in babies coming out of COVID or is it going to have the opposite effect where people are just like, you know, press the brakes. No, (laughs) we're good. Um, yeah. And it also makes me think like when these vaccines are rolling out and, um, people are getting the vaccines, like, 
if you're planning to have a kid, is it safe to have, is it safe to get the vaccination before you get pregnant? Like, should we all just be, you know, waiting until we can get the vaccine to then get pregnant to protect ourselves that way? Because obviously I'm assuming if you're pregnant, you can't have it. You can't get the vaccine until after. I actually have no idea because I have no time to (laughs) stay up to date on the news. And I think lastly, kind of unrelated to all the stuff I've been saying is just I've been having this deep appreciation for the work that I get to do and for the hmm I don't I guess I'm feeling really proud I'm having a proud moment that I want to share and you know, I was, um, I posted something on my personal page, uh, earlier this week. There's like an image, uh, with a quote that says one more hour until nap time. <laughs> and I reflect on just kind of like how much I rely on nap time and bedtime for the, for my stuff, for my business, you know, for exercise. And that is one of the most interesting shifts I think with motherhood Uh, especially like if you you know can't pay for extra help or you're not around family that could help or and or you're home mostly raising your kid like I am right now Um, it's it's like the hardest transition I think to go from um, to go from having total autonomy of your time your body everything to then being so dependent on somebody else's schedule and knowing that there's nothing you can do like you can't force them to nap if they're not going to you know so anyways I was reflecting on just how much (laughs) I rely on those on on that time to be able to work on the stuff that I'm working on like also like don't come talking to me if blue is missing a map and missing a nap or you know refusing to nap like I I lose it that like all of this mindfulness stuff that I talk about you know still very true 99.9% of the time I am working on that and reflecting on it but something happens when she refuses the nap that I just lose it <laughs> That's when I'll like, you know, storm into the bedroom where Steven's working and I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. I need like, I need like 30 minutes to recoup right now. I'm done. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, it's, it's always, it's always really awesome being in our home when Blue is like going through a sleep regression or going from three naps to two naps or two naps to one nap. Like those times are really fun because everybody just loses their shit. Anyways, I was reflecting on, yeah, these these nap times and these bedtimes that I'm just so dependent on. And I, I know, you know, other mamas out there know what I'm talking about. Even if you're not starting a business, just, you know, relying on that time to reset for yourself. And I, I had like this moment um, when I was putting Blue down today. I do a lot of reflection when I'm putting her to sleep. And although she is really great at putting herself to sleep, I think with nap time, like independently, with nap time, she really loves to just kind of like nuzzle on the bottle and snuggle with whoever, but me mostly. 
um, as I kind of rock her and sing her to sleep. And most of the time I, I nod off a little bit too, but also just kind of that feeling of this high energy that, that builds up, you know, before nap time where like they're getting really tired. I'm getting irritable. I'm like, I'm also really ready for her nap. It's like, we both really need that rest. Um, or for me, I just really look forward to that time for myself and you can feel it like you can feel this energy building and building and almost like tension in the space and then when I get in the rocking chair bottle in her mouth I'm singing well I always like I always pause for a second and I take a deep breath and I let it out and then I give her forehead like 20 kisses and then I'll start singing. And I sing the same songs. And I'm rocking. And I can feel, well, I can see very quickly her relaxing. And then I can feel myself relaxing. And I can feel myself coming down. And sometimes it's like I didn't even realize how like wound up I was feeling until I'm in that rocking chair. And it's like, oh, this is what being relaxed feels like, (laughs) you know? Oh, wow, yeah, I haven't taken a deep breath like this all day. And so I just become aware of that. And, um, yeah, I guess when I was rocking her today, I just kind of had this moment of, like, how important those moments are, like, those resting moments. And easier said than done when you have a crazy toddler running around creating chaos but yeah I guess it was just a reminder for me of like I don't know that it also doesn't take very much you know it doesn't take very much to to unwind a little bit sometimes sometimes if she misses a nap no I need like I need like 30 minutes at least (laughs) But, you know, if I'm I'm rocking her in the rocking chair, there's just something so peaceful and still about that moment. Mm. It's just so calming. It makes me think about when, you know, I was teaching yoga up until COVID happened, basically. You know, I would always, always bring in the element of breath. The breath was always something I would incorporate to, like, remind my students about that moment that they were in it's something that obviously I had experienced for myself but I I think also it it takes on a new weight and importance for me as I'm a mother as I become a mother because as much as I thought life was stressful (laughs) or busy or that I had a lot of responsibilities before Blue was born um I didn't (laughs) I didn't and, you know, when you kind of reach new levels of stress or overwhelm or exhaustion, um, those things that feel so small, like a deep breath, it could be everything. Like even now, as I just take that breath, like it still like makes me feel warm and tingly. And sometimes I have to say it kind of makes me sad that 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 
those things go unappreciated most moments in my day. But also kind of a really loving reminder that sometimes the things that I need are so close. You know, they're within grasp. They're in arms arms distance, not even. <laughs> I guess it was just kind of really reassuring that I have... I have tools at my disposal all the time to support me, even in the days or moments where I feel very alone and, you know, like desperately looking for some support or a break. That breath is always there. And I share that. I hope that this, um, it doesn't feel, uh, kooky (laughs) I hope it doesn't come across as as kind of like all you need to do is take it take a deep breath when you're in those moments um like I'm very I'm very aware that there are some moments that that warrant more than a breath but I just feel like the more that I'm able to notice the breath and the easier moments and to try to continue to let that be a reminder like something that I can do in those easier moments They are starting to come up more for me in the more difficult moments, too. And um, saying that, it reminds me of one last thing that I wanted to share that came up for me today, too. Um, Also, I was rocking her. Again, I do a lot of reflection in that rocking chair. It's it's become my practice, actually, Um, which is funny that this is coming full circle here. I just had like an aha moment where I was like, You know, if somebody was to ask me before I started the Wednesday night weekly mama's meditation group, if someone would have asked me, do you meditate? I would have said, no, no, I haven't gotten on my meditation pillow consistently in months In months. I love it. I miss it. Uh, But now if I try and meditate, I fall asleep. Um, Yeah, I I just pass out. I zonk out because I'm so tired from the day. Um. I'm having like an aha moment right now where it's like, you know what? Actually, I could give myself a little bit more credit right now. Um, No, I do. I do meditate. I meditate every time my daughter is having a tantrum and I remember to take a deep breath myself and um, to just be in that moment with her. And I meditate every time I am putting her to sleep at nap time or at bedtime and I'm rocking and I'm just focusing on my breath. I'm just tuning into how my body feels, how she feels in my arms, how warm and cozy it feels when we're snuggling there together. I meditate every time we go for a walk in nature and... Sometimes we don't even say much to each other, you know, but I'm just, I'm taking in that moment of, you know, feeling the dirt or stones under my shoes or, you know, listening to the the birds tweet and see them flying around and the wrestling with the leaves, you know, it's all, it's all my practice of mindfulness, right? And meditation doesn't have to look like how I used to think it looked, which is just sitting on your sitting on a pillow and breathing and you know meditation for a mama 
is uh, trying to find as many moments that you can where good or bad, challenging, oh, they're all, they're all opportunities to grow. That's for sure. Um, to just be in that moment, <laughs> to become very aware of yourself in that moment. Hmm. Yeah. I'm kind of glad that I started sharing this out loud because, uh, Hmm. It's a helpful change of perspective for me. You know, something that I can kind of take with me for the day and and forward as I continue to put her down for nap time or bedtime or breathe through a tantrum. That's like, this is my practice. And with motherhood there, you get a lot of practice. Mm -hmm. I always tell people motherhood is a spiritual practice more than anything. And, uh, for those that have either been in my workshops or um, were in the weekly mama's meditation group this last month, I shared a quote that one of my favorite yoga teachers here in the city, uh, Peter Walters, says, which is, practice makes practice. And yeah, the practice the practice gets easier in some ways, but it, but it's still practice. It's always practice. There's more to do. The work's never done. And it's the same thing with motherhood. The work is never done. You know, the the challenges in some ways get easier and then there's new challenges that feel harder. The work's never done. You just keep practicing and practicing and practicing. Thanks again for listening. It's so nice to share this space with you. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to listen and subscribe to other episodes of the Motherhood Project podcast. You can find these episodes wherever you normally listen to your podcast. And don't forget to leave a review while you're there. Have a great day and I will see you next week.